This is Dr. Brian Berman with University of Maryland in Baltimore, and you are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Researchers who tested a staggering 88,000 chemical compounds in the laboratory are reporting that they found a drug that extends longevity, and it's an antidepressant. Welcome to Innovations in Medicine. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. The idea that an antidepressant might increase longevity comes as a surprise. Antidepressants can be life-saving drugs to people suffering from depression, but until now, no one had thought to ask whether they might have other benefits. Indeed, our guest didn't think to ask that either. He tested every drug-like compound he could think of, 88,000 of them, to find something, anything, that might have an effect on lifespan. Dr. Michael Petrashek is a postdoctoral fellow working with Nobel Prize-winning scientist Linda Buck at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center in Seattle, and he must have a lot more patience than I do. Welcome to the program. Hi, Paul. I have already said it twice, and I still don't believe it. You tested 88,000 compounds to see whether any of them had an effect on longevity, and these were not just tests done in laboratory dishes. You actually tested all these drugs with laboratory animals. Tell us a little bit about that. We used C. elegans, which is a very small roundworm of one millimeter length, and we were able to test so many compounds because the animal is so small and because we can grow it in a very small containers. And we basically were sitting there, so we, um, Shalon Ye and I, for three years and determined the lifespan of two million animals to see whether any of these drugs that we tested increased lifespan. That's an amazing accomplishment. Now, these little one-millimeter worms, how long do they live normally? So their average lifespan is about three weeks. So the maximum lifespan is about 32 days. I don't want to get too far off the track here, but where do these things normally live in the environment? They're free-living soil organisms. And they're found in various places in the soil? Well, they're found all over the world. Okay, so they're a common thing. I guess I wasn't aware that I was surrounded by them, but now I am. Now, your recent results of this massive screening program were published in a recent edition of Nature. Tell us what you found. We found 115 compounds that increased lifespan up to 60%. And one of these compounds uh, increased lifespan by 20%. And when we looked at the structures of these different compounds, we found that this one drug resembled drugs known to affect serotonin signaling. And so we went and tested lots of other compounds that are known to affect serotonin signaling. And some of the compounds that affect serotonin signaling are antidepressants. And so we found meanserine and uh, mirtazapine, which are two antidepressants, and cyproheptidine, which is an anti-migraine. And these also increased lifespan by 30%. Now, nobody in the past had had any idea that these things might have an effect on lifespan. Is that right? Yes, that's right. It was a surprise. It's interesting that antidepressants would affect lifespan. What does that tell us? What do we conclude from that? In the worm, serotonin signaling indicates the presence of food. And what we found was that these atypical antidepressants, which work by blocking serotonin signaling, increase lifespan probably by blocking the food signal. So the animal perceives a starvation situation. And it has been known for about 70 years that if animals are calorically restricted, which means reduced food intake without malnutrition, then they actually live longer. And what we think is happening is that these antidepressants 
increase lifespan by creating a perceived starvation instead of a real starvation. And the physiological response of the animal is that it becomes long-lived. For those listeners who have just joined us, this is Reach MD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Dr. Michael Petrashik about antidepressants and how they might increase longevity. Now, the plot has thickened here a little bit. Let me just go over this and see if I understand it. You found that these antidepressants increased lifespan in these little worms in the laboratory, and now it also turns out that they have effect on appetite, or at least the animals may think that they are in a starvation situation. And this in turn ties into other research that has found that severely restricting calories does increase lifespan. So we have kind of a neat story here. Yes. Now, what we do not know is whether that is actually also working in higher organisms like mice, for example. And that's one of the things we would like to know because in humans at least these antidepressants have some side effects so one of the side effects we like about this molecule is that it increases appetite in humans too which might indicate that there is a conserved mechanism now is that why some humans who take antidepressants tend to gain weight when they take them um people that take meantrin or metaspin definitely gain weight and they seem to be very hungry Although we cannot say whether that means that it's going to increase lifespan in humans. So we have to test mice first, mice first because before we can make any conclusions about that. Now, how about if I sneak into my doctor and say, give me a prescription for Prozac and tell him I haven't, I've been feeling a little down lately, but I'm really doing this because I want to live to be 100? Well, Prozac is actually a... SSRI, which is a serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitor, and we tested those too. So it's not a feature of all the antidepressants that they increase lifespan, but only of the atypical antidepressants that seem to work by a different mechanism, which is not clear yet. So we found that only certain antidepressants increased lifespan, but most of them didn't. The SSRIs did not increase lifespan. None of the SSRIs seemed to increase lifespan. What does this tell us if, for people who are interested in doing research to increase longevity and so forth, what does this tell you about real practical things that might be done short of popping pills to increase longevity in people? Well, what it indicates is that there might be a very profound role of the nervous system in determining how long an organism lives. And that's a very interesting place to look. That's because these drugs affect serotonin in the central nervous system, and so that's an interesting clue in itself. Exactly, and we found that one of the receptors in in the worm that is required for the increase in lifespan is only expressed in a few neurons. So it seems even that only a small part, at least in the worm, of the nervous system is directing lifespan. Now, does that mean that you would then want to look at those particular neurons and see how they might function to cause this increase in lifespan? Yes. One of the things would be to investigate what is so special about these neurons, whether, for example, these neurons send out hormones telling the rest of the body 
how old it's supposed to be, whether it should age now or age later. Now, one of the things that puzzles me about this longevity research in general is that from an evolutionary standpoint, I think, if I understand it correctly, we only have to live long enough to reproduce, pass along our genes, and we're done. So here we're talking about increasing lifespan from a normal lifespan of 75 or 80 to maybe something longer than that. Why would we have cells that would do that sort of thing. That's way past reproductive age. What we see is that meandering only increases lifespan if the animal is still able to reproduce. If you add meandering post-reproductively to the animal, it doesn't work anymore. And one of the reasons might be that when to reproduce is a strategic decision of the animal. If there's not much food, then it might be not a good idea to reproduce because the offspring might not survive. So what an animal might want to do is to postpone aging a little bit that it can crawl around and find some better suited place to have the offsprings there. So that makes a whole lot of sense in the terms that you're increasing the chances of your progeny to survive if you live a little bit longer to find another place where you can have offsprings. So in other words, if some clinical therapy ultimately came out of this kind of work, what you're saying is that we get the benefits on the front end early in our lives that then leave us set to live a longer lifespan. I mean, in people, in other words, we would have to, presumably, if it only worked in reproductive age in people, then we would have to get the benefits earlier in our lives, not when we're 75 or 80. Probably, yes. So it is a stretch to extrapolate from the worms to humans. But if you want to do that, then that's what you have to conclude. But, I mean, your interest is ultimately, as you said, to go on and test in mammals and so forth. And obviously, you're not doing this because you want to make worms live longer. You're doing it to see, learn some basic biology about people. Yeah, I think that we age and die is a very important part of our life. And that this is biologically regulated is an interesting fact. So that's... Yeah, curiosity is the main driving force behind that. For those listeners who have just joined us, this is ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Dr. Michael Petrashik about antidepressants and how they might increase longevity. Now, you're working with Linda Buck there, who won the Nobel Prize for work on the sense of smell. Is she moved into longevity research now, or how did the two of you get interested in this project? Yes, yeah, she was interested in aging for a while. And that project actually is around in the lab for almost seven years, but nothing about it has been published. So I joined five years ago. And, yeah, she's a very adventurous scientist and always tries new things. And Shalon Ye and I, we started doing that. And now that's the first paper that came out of her lab about aging. Do you find other interesting compounds that did other things? Or give us a hint of what kind of research will be coming out of this over the next little bit. Well, the next difficulty is to figure out what all these other compounds are doing. So the first step is to find out how many of those 115 actually work by a similar mechanism than meandering. And if we have excluded those, then we hope that some are left that work by a different mechanism and we're going to see what we can learn there. Now, with all this massive screening program you've been through and this incredible sort of patience and dedication, are you pulling your hair out or are you having a little bit of fun? No, actually, I must say I, I have a lot of fun. I actually like screening 
and I listened to a lot of radio or audio books while I was screening, so it, it wasn't boring at all. That brings us to a close. That's about all the time we have. We've been talking about an antidepressant. There are a group of antidepressants that increase longevity in laboratory animals. Our guest has been Dr. Michael Petrashik of the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center in Seattle, and you can find his paper in a recent issue of Nature. Thanks so much for being with us, Dr. Petrashik. Thank you for having me. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. Please check out our website, reachmd.com, where you can find podcasts of this show and other current and past shows. And thanks for being with us. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Here is a sample of the great shows airing this week. This is Dr. Mark Nolan Hill. This week we will be speaking with Dr. Craig Nichols, Medical Director of Lymphoma and Testicular Cancer Research Program at the Robert W. France Cancer Research Center at Providence Portland Medical Center in Portland, Oregon. We will be talking about the history of testicular cancer research and current screening modalities. And I'm Dr. Gary Cohn. Join me this week. I'll be speaking with Dr. Mary Daly, an oncologist at the Fox Chase Cancer Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We'll be talking about BRCA gene mutations, implications for men and women. Thank you for listening to ReachMD XM157, where we change topics every 15 minutes. For our complete weekly guest and program guide, visit us at ReachMD.com.